Amazing, amazing. Well, hi, my name's Mark, and uh, I am Scottish. I don't know if there's anyone else Scottish in the room. Is there any? Um, none. Yeah. Oh, we've got one lovely lady over there. That's my mom. And uh, just thanks for coming. Um, it's so good to be here. I, I was actually speaking in Canada, and uh, somebody shouted out from the crowd, are you the guy that does the voice for Shrek? And I was just about to deal with that when somebody from the other side shouted, no, he's the guy that looks like Shrek. And that is too harsh, and you should not have laughed at that, yeah? And um, I, I've got an amazing job. I get the opportunity to go round the country and speak about God in lots of different places and pl- pubs and clubs and, 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 and all kinds of interesting places. And I, I guess my job is that I'm an evangelist. Um, but I don't know what that makes you think, a Scottish evangelist. I think that sounds a bit aggressive, yeah? Scottish evangelist. A lot of you are already leaning a bit back, saying, oh my. Um, Because when I was a young kid, we used to have a Scottish evangelist come to our church. And he had a massive Bible. He used to have this enormous Bible that he used to slam down. And he would always start his sermons the same way. He would always start by saying, God's not happy. And I can remember thinking, wow, God's never happy when that guy comes. God's never happy. And he always had this thing where he did this pointing thing. He says, God's not happy. And he would do this kind of thing where he would go, there are people in this congregation who are going to the cinema. And the finger was going, yeah? And you were hoping that it would not stop on you. Yeah. And it was like, oh my goodness, this guy is like this angry Scottish guy. I remember one time he came and he says, God's not happy. There are people in this congregation who are wearing makeup. And the finger stopped on me. And I was like, no, 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 only once. And uh, never, never, never. Do not pray for me at the end. And it's like, wow. And now I've got the job. I go around the, and I go around the country and go to lots of churches. And I'm like, listen, seriously, wear a bit of makeup. Do you know what I mean? Have a look at yourself, yeah? And um, obviously no one here, you all look amazing today, yeah? But the truth is, that all sounds a bit negative and a bit kind of sort of like angry and judgmental. But I've realized that my job is the greatest job in the world because I get the opportunity to speak of the hope of God and the goodness of God and the love of God. And wow, what an amazing job. To, I get the chance to speak to people and tell them about how good God is. I am... Um, come from a place called Musselburgh, which is just outside Edinburgh. And uh, every year I would go up as a young lad, I would go up to the Edinburgh Fringe in the summer. That's the biggest, the largest comedy festival in the world. 
And I would go there and the comedians would be ripping the name of Jesus to shreds. They would be tearing Christianity apart with their jokes and their abuse. And I remember as a young lad, I sat there and thought, one day I will be on that stage and I will lift up the name of Jesus. I'll get the chance and the opportunity to lift up his name. And um, I'm so excited to tell you that the last three or four years, we've had the chance to go to the fringe right next to Edinburgh, Princess Street, the Royal Mile. I've got a venue right in there. And this summer, we did it for six nights. And for three of the nights, we were completely sold out. There was no room, no space. And we were able to have fun and laughter and enjoy. But we also had a great message about Jesus on the cross. And it was so wonderful. And let me just urge you that, you know, tonight, if you have not got anything going on, you know, I know some of you, oh, I only go to church in the morning. God only likes me in the morning. And, uh, but how about you come along this evening? Because the truth is we're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of humor, a lot of laughter. But there's also going to be an amazing message. And I'd love for you to come. But I really just wanted to say one last thing before we open this Bible. And that is that I have realized that 80% of the crowds that I'm in front of are not yet Christian. And I'm getting invites to pubs and clubs and nightclubs and all kinds of weird places, theatres, and I'm getting the chance to preach the gospel. And I would love if anybody felt in their heart just compelled that they would pray for me. And at the front, I've got some prayer cards, and I'd love for you to take one and jump on the internet and just sign up to them. We send a little email out every Thursday And it's a tiny little email, but it just tells you where I am, what I'm doing. And just have some Christians praying for me as I really am taking light into the darkness. I would love that. So if God stirs you up, make sure you grab a card. Now I want to read from an amazing part of the Bible in John. John, and um, this is John chapter 11 and What happens is two sisters have got a brother called Lazarus. And Lazarus gets really sick. But they know Jesus. And so they get the message through to Jesus. Our brother is unwell. Would you come? And it feels like Jesus takes his time. But it's all in the timing of God. Lazarus dies. And then you look in John chapter 11 and verse 38. The Bible says... That Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, Come out. And the dead man came out. 
His hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Wow. Lazarus, buried, buried. Now, let me just quickly teach you a little Scottish because I have a bit of a problem. Because I say buried, yeah? Lazarus was buried. And I have a bit of a problem because English people come to me and they say, it's not buried, it's buried, yeah? (laughs) And I have this struggle because they come up and they go, you're saying it wrong, it's buried, yeah? So I'm wanting to teach you a bit of Scottish. So I want everyone to go, (laughs) yeah? That was good. Though some guys turned to ladies and were like going, and that was not the intention, yeah? The um, Scottish, we like to roll our R's, yeah? So it's buried, yeah? So after three, we're all going to say it in a Scottish accent, yeah? So buried, yeah? One, two, three. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Buried. You see, Jesus turns up. Lazarus is buried. It's incredible to think that the sisters had said, come, our brother's sick, and he dies, and then Jesus turns up, and Lazarus is buried. And I was praying so much about coming here today. And I believe that there are people in the room, and you are buried. I believe that there's someone here who's buried in their disappointment. You're here, and yet disappointment is all around you, and you feel hemmed in. I I believe that there's someone here who's buried in his guilt. You've come, and you're sitting in this room, and you've heard the music, and, and you can feel the presence of God, but yet you feel so buried in your guilt. I believe there are people in the room that are buried under their circumstances. You feel your circumstances are closing you in on every side. There's someone who has come here today and your family situation, your work situation, maybe I don't know what it is, and it's all just closing in and you feel overwhelmed. There's someone here who's feeling buried in pressure. Pressure's coming down on you. And wherever that pressure's coming from, you feel like you can't move. You can't breathe. You feel overwhelmed. Wow. I feel like someone here is buried in toxic, dark thoughts. You're here in the presence of God, but you feel under the strain. And you have these dark thoughts. You would never want to admit them to anyone. You would never want to say to anyone what's going on in your mind. But you feel buried in these dark, toxic thoughts. Wow. Buried in our disappointment. I was praying. I never said this in the first service because I think it's for someone in the room right now. You are buried in your disappointment. You feel so disappointed by the way things are working out. And you feel just like, oh man, 
I can't move. I can't breathe. It's just this disappointment. I feel so overwhelmed by it. Many of us in this room feel buried. Buried in our stuff. And today, you might be here and of course you look amazing and on the outside things are looking fine. But actually, inside today, you know, you're just like, oh Mark, this is speaking to me because it's true. Because I do feel buried in my stuff. I feel buried in my circumstances. I've got a friend at church and someone said to him the other day, how are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm doing okay under the circumstances. Oh, friend, today, we're here to tell you that the Bible does not want you to be under your circumstances. We're here to tell you that the Bible wants you to live above your circumstances. That we would understand that Jesus can change absolutely everything. You see... What I find amazing about this is that the two sisters, their brothers died, their brothers buried, and Jesus turns up. And there's this incredible sense that nothing has changed. Brother is still dead. Brother is still in the tomb. But you know, there's this incredible sense, unbelievable, that both the sisters are like, Jesus, you are here. So it is well. You see, before we go any further, I want you to know that if there's someone in the room and you're struggling with illness, there's someone here today and your work situation is horrendous. There's somebody sitting here and you feel lonely and rejected. That before any of your circumstances change, I need you to hear this. Jesus, you are here. So it is well. Jesus, you are here. So it is well we've been singing incredible worship songs today i've loved the presence of god that the band have brought and i want you to know that many of these songs are like that whatever we're going through however tough stuff is however bad things are we need you to know because you are here it is well see jesus he comes And as soon as we see him, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. He is here. It is well. I want you to understand something from the bottom of your soul today, whatever you are and whatever's going on in your life, that your circumstances, your circumstances do not dictate your outcome. Your circumstances do not dictate your outcome. His word dictates your outcome. His word dictates your outcome. Lazarus, that tomb does not dictate your outcome. But the word of Jesus dictates your outcome. Oh, friend, whatever you're going through, whatever struggle you're in, do not allow it to define you. Do not allow it to become the thing that you always talk about and all you ever think about. Do not allow your circumstance to push you around and dictate the state of play. Do not allow your challenging circumstances to consume you because I need you to remember this, that your circumstances do not dictate your outcome. But the Word of Jesus Jesus dictates your outcome. Oh, 
I need to remind my soul today that Jesus is the one who speaks and it is His Word that changes everything. Oh, the hospital and the illness and the sickness are closing in and I feel so buried. But this hospital diagnosis is not what defines me, but it is His Word that defines me. Oh, my family, everything seems to be so pressurizing and I cannot breathe and I cannot get a glimpse of light. But I need to know that it's not these challenging circumstances that consume me, but the word of Jesus. Oh, one word from him changes everything. One word from him changes everything. I love that the Bible says, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. Some people have told me, some writers have written in commentaries that the reason why they said Lazarus was because it was that personal touch But I like what another writer once said. He says, Jesus, he said Lazarus, because if he had just said, come out, then every dead body would have rose up and come. Every dead body would have come. I really love that. I love Jesus saying, not you, Tony. I meant Lazarus, yeah? (laughs) Poor old Tony. Poor old Tony. You see, friend, I need you to understand today is that one word from the Lord can change everything. It's about a year ago, some of you will remember it well, but the story of the little lads in the caves in Thailand. And these boys captivated the whole world press because the media captivated. These little lads were in a football team and their coach I decided to play a game in the caves. It was quite a famous, well-known game where they would go and they would go in as far as they could get to see how far they could go to scratch their name on the side of the cave and then come out again. But they ventured in while it was dry and many of you know they got caught up with a sudden deluge of rain. And the way that they'd come in was now no longer impossible for them to go out. And they went deeper and deeper into the caves. And so many of you know that they found themselves lost. And they found themselves buried in these underground caves. I think a lot of you know this already. But let me remind you that, that a man actually lost his life trying to make a way possible for them to be freed. A man lost his life. He was helping to lay down lines and taking tanks. And they were trying to get away to get to these boys. And he actually lost his life. And I find that incredible and I find it powerful because, you know, the truth is that many of us in this room, we are buried in our sin and in our guilt. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us. You see, what I absolutely love is if you've come here for the first time and you're a bit messed up, we're glad you're here because we're all messed up. If you're looking to the front and you're thinking, wow, you know, I'm not like these religious guys. They've got it all sorted. We want to be honest and say we're the most messed up out of all of you. That's why he's sitting at the front because he's the most messed up. (laughs) We had to get him as close to the cross as possible. You see, the thing is, he's my friend. He's my friend. The truth is, 
All of us have messed up. All of us have gone wrong. All of us have gone astray. And we come and we're like, ah, oh, we're buried in our sin and in our shame. But the incredible story of the Bible is in John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his son. You see, friend, what I need you to understand is simply this, is that we were buried in our horrendous sin and shame, and a man came and lost his life to make it possible for us to be freed. A man lost his life so that we could find a way to be out of our buried state and into God's glorious light. That man's name is Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, God's own son. The only way that this could be made possible was that God would send his son Jesus, that he would die on the cross and a way would be made possible for us to come out of our buried state into God's glorious light. Ah, you want to know what it is to come out of that buried, cramped, horrendous place and into God's glorious presence. The only way has been because Jesus died on the cross. You know, sometimes church gets tangled up and caught up in all kinds of stuff. But I tell you, we sometimes forget about the cross. And I I never forget about it because I see, wow, Jesus, the sacrifice that he did, the brokenness, and how his body was smashed and crushed on that cross, all because God wanted to make a way possible for me to come in to the glorious light. I believe that there are people here And you are buried in your sin and in your shame. A way has been made. A way has been made by Jesus Christ. He laid his life down so that a a, a light could come and that you could be brought up into God's wonderful, glorious presence. But a way has been made possible. But you still have to choose. You see, what is incredible about this is that boy, these boys, these Thai lads, they, they, they got trapped in the cave and then a way was made and somebody lost their life to make that way. But a rescuer got through and the rescuer saw these lads and there's this incredibly powerful moment where the, the rescuer sees the boys for the first time. And the boys have got to make a decision. A way has been made possible for you to come out of your buried state, but you're going to have to trust us and allow us to take you out. They could still, one of the boys could have said, I don't want to do that. I don't want, I'd rather just stay in here. But of course, none of them chose that. Of course, they said, no, we want to, we want to go the way and we want to get out. And I've prayed about this. I'll be honest with you. Yesterday morning, drops of tears hit the ground as I was praying about this next couple of minutes because God has made a way possible for you to be rescued. God has made a way possible for you to come through Jesus and be set free. But you still get to choose. You can accept or you can reject. You can say, do you know what? I would rather stay in my buried state. People could get up from this place and leave this building and could just choose. I'm going to stay in my sinful, buried state. 
And that's why there were tears hitting the ground because I want that for no one in this room. But that many of us today would say, do you know what? God, you have made a way possible. And we come through the cross into God's glorious light. Wow. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but I got the chance to see it on the TV. And the dads were waiting for their boys. And they were pacing up and down. And they were so terrified and worried because it was very tricky to get the boys through these tunnels and up. One time they thought they were going to lose one of the lads. They thought he was going to die because they had to kind of drug the kids up to get them up through the tunnels. It was very horrendous. But I need you to know this. When these little boys came up through the tunnel and the dad saw his son, he thought he was dead. He thought his lad was dead. But his dad, his lad's alive. You need to understand that none of those fathers looked and thought to themselves, oh man, that my boy, he's dirty. Smelling. He's been in a cave. It stinks. He's horrible. I'm going to put a bit of distance. You know, like, oh, hold. Listen, lad, get yourself cleaned up and then maybe you can have a hug from dad. That is not what they did. Of course they didn't do that. The dad saw their little boy and they run over and they grab their kid and they're like, oh, I thought you were dead, but you are alive. Then you know, God, he does not look at you, friend, and think, oh, you look a bit grubby, you look a bit dirty, you look a bit messed up. God doesn't take a step away and say, once you've cleaned yourself up, then you can become part of our religious club. God says, I love you. Come on. I welcome you in your inner state, but I put my arms around you and I embrace you. God's kind enough that he doesn't leave us in that state. But the truth is, God accepts us and he embraces us. And friend, God is looking for you. I don't know where you're sitting today, but God, He's been pacing around. He's been looking for you to come through those doors. He's been looking for you to come because He longs to embrace you and pull you close to Him. God, you are here. I wanted to tell you a little story about me when I was a kid at school. I was a little bit gobby at school. You know, kind of like the little kid that would always give the wise cracks. And uh, I was in last year at junior school and I'd kind of been mouthing off a little bit. And then this lad said, me and my mates are going to beat you up in the break time. There's four of us. And we're going to bust your face. And I was only a little kid, but I thought, oh, that doesn't sound good. I had that wisdom in my heart that does not sound like a good thing. And I remember I came down and we were in the yard and, and I saw all four of them in the corner and they're all taught, yeah, it's him, him. And I remember because I lived quite close to the school and I made a decision in a half a second. I thought, I am running home, yeah? I am running home. I'm doing it. I'm going. And I took off. 
I took off and ran right through the gates. Right out. He's loud. It came running after me. And we're like sprinting. And they're catching up with me. And I'm thinking I am in so much trouble. And then I saw the corner. I'll never forget it. I saw the corner and I thought if I can just get to the corner. Then my house is just round that corner. And I got to the corner. And as I turned. Unbelievable. My dad. My dad was out in the front garden. And he was looking at a few plants. He never does that. But this day he was doing that. And I remember as I'm a little kid, he's there. And I just remember, Dad, I love you. And my dad is like, oh, that is amazing. My son has come home just to tell me that he loves me. And I remember running up and he gave me a massive hug. And then these lads came screaming around the corner. And they stopped. And they're looking. And there's my dad there. And I just get behind my dad. And I'm not proud of what I did next. I'm not proud. But behind my dad, I just went, come on. Come on. See, I was safe in the arms of of the Father. See, I need you to know that Lazarus went from buried 10 feet under to buried in his arms. Buried 10 feet under to buried in his arms. And I felt so strongly that there are people in this room and things are chasing us. I said this, I really believe it, that I think there's someone, and you're not sleeping properly. There are things that are chasing you through the night. There's maybe somebody in the room, and there's all kinds of fears that are chasing you. There's all kinds of stuff that is pro- struggles in your soul. And I want you to know that you can go from buried 10 feet under to buried in his arms. Safe in the arms of God. A couple of days ago, I was going through a little bit of stuff and a little bit of troubles come my way. And God just said to me, Mark, I am your refuge and your strength. You can feel safe in my arms. I just run into his arms. I'm like, Dad, Father, Dad, this is difficult. I'm finding this tough. A little bit of stuff going on, Father. And I just felt his arms around me. You're safe in my arms. And someone, someone, there are things that are chasing you. And you feel like, I don't even know if I'm going to get through this next couple of weeks. And God says, run into my arms and find the safety that you desperately need. Sense of God's presence. I think one or two of the musicians are maybe going to come and help us. And we're just in God's presence right now. I wonder if we could just bow our heads in the presence of God. I 
Christ. Know today that in this room that there are people and we are buried in our sin and in our shame. There are people and you know today that you are buried in your guilt. God has made a way through Jesus. And what I'm going to simply do is I'm going to pray a little prayer and I'm going to invite you to pray after me. Don't, don't say it out loud, but just pray it in your heart after me. And then I'm going to say amen and, and I'm going to ask us to keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed and then I'm going to count to three and I'm going to say if you prayed that prayer, whatever you are in the room, I'm going to ask you just to raise up your hand. And as you raise up your hand, keep it up. And uh, members of the team, we've got an amazing booklet we just want you to have. And they'll put it in your hand. Just receive it and stick it under your chair. We want you to have that today. But this is the prayer. Don't miss this. Why don't you pray it right now in your heart? Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. I'm sorry about the stuff that I'm buried in right now. My sin and my shame. But I come through Jesus the way that has been made possible. And I come into your marvelous light. I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Because we're in the presence of God. If you prayed that, then after three, I just want you to raise up your hand. Let me see that you prayed that with all of your heart. One, two, three. That is amazing. Just keep your hand up nice and high. Keep it up high while people just come and put this booklet into your hand. We would love for you to have that. The team are doing an amazing job. Just keep your hand up while we're just getting people to you. Incredible that there are people all over the room. Wonderful. Wonderful. People all over the room just with their hands up. Thank you, Lord, for what you did at the cross. We thank you, Lord, for what you did at the cross. Hallelujah. We thank you. You made a way possible where there was no way you made a way possible. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for many people responding to you in Jesus' name. Church, I wonder if you could look at me for one moment. I've got a prayer inside me. I, I, I got passionate in the first service and many people responded, but I feel I've got a prayer inside me because I said to you earlier that Jesus, ha, ha, that Jesus... His word is what defines us. I said to you that Jesus can speak to the buried state. And that we can find ourselves released from whatever we're buried in. You know, I've got a prayer inside me today. I believe that there are Christians and guests and lots of people in this room. And you are like, oh, Mark, do you know who I am buried? Whatever it is, maybe someone in pres under pressure, under your circumstance, under some health challenge. There are people that are buried under all kinds of things. 
And I believe that there is a prayer inside of me that we speak the name of Jesus. That it is not your circumstance that defines, it does not define your outcome. But the Word defines your outcome. I've got a prayer inside me. So church, if you would like me to pray for you, then on three I'm going to ask you, wherever you are, to stand. And we're going to have a little holy moment. And we're going to pray. And God's going to do some defining work in many of our lives. If that's you today, one, then you stand up right now. One, two, three. Wherever you are, we're going to do some work in the Holy Spirit right now. If you feel comfortable and you feel okay to do this, I ask you to raise your hands towards heaven. I ask you to raise your hands towards heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God. Oh God. We are praying right now in the name of Jesus. The name that is above all other names. The name that demons tremble at. The name that sickness has to bow the name at. We are speaking the name of Jesus. Oh, we're standing here and we are saying our circumstances will not define us. They do not decide our outcome. But what we are saying is that the Word of God, the name of Jesus, will decide our outcome. Circumstances will not decide, but the name of Jesus will decide. We speak into our buried state and we pray that we will come out into the glorious light of God in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.